Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello and welcome. Welcome to uh, to Last First Date Radio. I am your host, Sandy Weiner, and I am the confidence, communication, and love coach for women over 40. Every Tuesday, I interview top experts and cutting-edge authors who teach you how to attract and sustain healthy relationships. And today, I'm going to be speaking with author and trial lawyer turned mediator Douglas Knoll about how to calm an angry person in 90 seconds or less. And this is an amazing skill, ladies and gentlemen who are listening. Um, Doug has been on the show before. He was a guest in my coaching group, The Inner Circle, and he is wonderful at what he does. And when you know how to communicate effectively, how to really connect and form an empathic connection, it's uh, it's like catnip. Um, and uh, Doug is going to share some really great tips about this. So um, I just want to say that um, my whole stand is to help women value themselves. And right now I'm, I'm delivering a three-part video training in my group, which is called Your Last First Date. So join my group and you'll be able to access all three parts of the training. And um, I'm also going to be posting this to my website and sending it out to my list. So if you're not yet on my list, and you want to be, and you want to get all the great tips that I share and my over 700 blog posts and my radio show information, um, you'll also get a free gift when you join. So when the show is over, go to lastfirstdate.com, and you can um, enter your name and email at the top of the homepage where uh, you'll get my free guide, The Top 10 Reasons Why Men Pull Away or Disappear and How You Can Finally Attract and Keep the Love You Deserve. And I want you to really stop sabotaging your love life and start taking back your control by being a true woman of value. Every week I bring you a tip on how to be a woman of value, and this week's tip is step number 15, which is be a lifetime learner. This is so important, and I I can't tell you how many times I meet people who are just kind of done being curious about the world, and they're not learning more. And and when someone is, wow, it's it's so attractive. So be be that lifetime learner that's really interesting and interested, and it will change your life if you're not already there. If you are there, then really it helps you to attract other people into your life who are also. Lifetime learners, curious, taking courses, reading books, going to lectures. It is so important to keep up the learning. And um, before we introduce Doug, I just wanted to um, give another little plug for my retreat, which is my life-changing annual event. It's coming up November 3rd through the 5th. So if you struggle, if you're a woman over 40 and you're single or you're in a relationship and you're struggling to to learn, you know, to know how to communicate effectively, to set your boundaries, um, if you have forgotten how to flirt or maybe you never knew how, we have a man panel this year who's going to be helping with all of these things and helping you to role play and ask questions. Um, it's a deep dive into how to really become the woman of value who attracts a quality man. And so 
Um, I really invite you to go to my website. There's a little pop-up, and you can check out all the details. We still have some space. It's a very small, intimate gathering of women. Everybody gets my individual attention, and I'm not sure how many more years I'm going to be able to keep it small. Um, so this is, if you're ever thinking about doing this, please don't hesitate and come this year. All right, so now I'm going to introduce Doug Knoll. He is a lawyer turned peacemaker, and his calling is to serve humanity. He does this at many levels. He uses pragmatic and practical skills of peace, and he helps people interpersonal and ideological conflicts. He's an award-winning author of three books, and he's a speaker trainer, and his fourth book, De-Escalate, How to Calm an Angry Person in 90 Seconds or Less, was just released in September. So welcome to the show, Doug. Hey, Sandy. Great to be here. Great to have you back as a returning guest. Um, Thank you. So let's, yeah, let's talk about um, how does does a lawyer become a peacemaker? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I stand on the shoulders of other lawyers who are peacemakers who are great men. Abraham Lincoln comes to mind, and also Mohandas Gandhi, Gandhi especially. He was a lawyer trained in London and went to South Africa to represent client interests for over 25 years before he was called back to India to begin his Satyagraha movement. And so I sort of fashioned myself after these people. Lawyering is a form of peacemaking, although it's sort of lost that. Many lawyers have lost that idea today in our very litigious society. Um, but what I've learned over the 40 years that I've, I've been a lawyer and for the past 20 years as a peacemaker is that um, the law is really powerful at solving certain kinds of conflicts, but is awful at serving other, resolving other kinds of conflicts. And unfortunately, because it is perceived as being the only formal system for resolving disputes, when people get into disputes that really aren't appropriate for the legal system, they go out and they hire the meanest junkyard lawyer they can find and go to battle and waste their wealth in what ultimately is a very frustrating um, and disappointing experience. And that's what led Mm. me into leaving the practice of law, leaving a very successful trial practice (laughs) in my late 40s to become, go back to school, get my master's degree in peacemaking and conflict studies and become a peacemaker. And I, I help more people in a week than I help in 22 years as a lawyer. <laughs> so it's a pretty mm. amazing difference. Wow. Anyways, that's that's the short story. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing how many people get locked into these law, you know, these cases where, that's Especially right. in divorce and um, right. you know high conflict areas like this, where right. everybody needs to be right and nobody nobody's willing to concede at all. Mm-hmm. And I know that the last time That's we right. spoke, you you talked about how in your mediation you can quickly get to the root of of empathy and connection. So Correct. can you um, talk a little bit about how you do that? Yes. The um and this is something for listeners, especially women in midlife who are looking for new relationships and thinking about how do I connect. Um, here's the secret. And and let me before I reveal the secret, let me let me say that it's not anybody's fault that we are where we are today, but we have new information and new science that has to 
compel us to completely and radically adjust the way we look at each other as human beings and our perceptions of human nature. For over 3,000 years, Western society has been built on the premise that what separates humans from other animals is our rationality. And that is absolutely false. It's a myth, and it has been one of the most destructive, most abusive um, tenets of Western philosophy that we've ever created. There has been more abuse done because of that than you can possibly imagine. What neuroscience tells us today is that we are 100% emotional, and we only have very limited rationality. It's actually called bounded rationality. You can't even make a rational decision until you're emotional first. And yet our society tells us that emotions are bad. Um, you know, as a two-year-old boy, I skin my knee, I cry. I'm told, don't be a sissy. Don't be a man. Grow up. Don't cry. I'm being told that emotions are bad. And all that does is, is malform my brain. It mal misprograms my brain. Brains are designed to be emotional. So, And that's the great secret. And what I have learned in my work and in my research, talk about being a lifelong learner, uh, <laughs> is that I'm a lay student of neuroscience. What, what I have learned in my practice as a mediator and peacemaker and what I have subsequently uh, supported with science is that a very simple shift of how we look at things, look at people, can yield amazing results in relationships. I mean, it's magical. And the steps are this. Number one, you're dealing with any – this can be a positive emotion. It can be a negative emotion. It can be any – it can just be talking to somebody and really trying to connect with them. But the first thing you do when you want to create this deep connection is you ignore the words. The words for the next 90 seconds have no meaning. So let's suppose – I mean, let's take a casual situation, not something that's intense, and you're having you're having lunch with – Let's say it's a, a woman and you're having lunch with a guy that you're kind of interested in, and he's talking. You ignore his words. You're not ignoring him as a person, but you're ignoring what he's saying just for this 90 seconds and focus only on what his emotional experience is in the moment. <laughs> what is he experiencing emotionally? And guys have emotions, believe it or not, just like every human being has emotions. <laughs> and what we need to do is tune in to what those might be. And we can, we're really good as human beings. We're really good at guessing what other people's feelings are if we simply pay attention. We can do it automatically, really. Our brains are hardwired for this. So we guess at the feelings and emotions, and then you tell him what he's feeling. You'll say, hey, Tom, hey, Tom, you're really frustrated. You're really angry. Or, hey, that sounds like you're really excited about that. That's really making you happy. You're really, you're, you're really turned on and can hardly wait to make this happen, and you want to share it with everybody. Or if it's more negative, you might say, man, you are really angry. Tom, you're really frustrated. You feel you feel completely abandoned. Nobody's supporting you. Nobody's listening to you. And you're really sad because you're all alone. You literally uh -huh. tell the speaker what his emotions are. And here's that's the secret sauce. And what's amazing is that our brains are hardwired to receive this information. He can't help himself. But to have his brain respond to those kinds of words in a very specific, powerful way. And what happens is the emotional centers calm down, his prefrontal cortex comes back online, and he feels like he's been completely validated as a human being. Even though you haven't commented one thing on the substance of what he's talked about, all you've done is validate his emotions. Very, very powerful. And to be used with so, great caution. 
<laughs> yeah. So, I'll just tell you a quick I, I story. I love this. Well, yeah, tell us. Tell us. <laughs> well, first, before you go into the caution, uh-huh. um, I remember the first time I heard you talk about this because I was, I was trained in, you know, you're supposed to check in with somebody and oh, ask yeah. them if what, what they're feeling. And I remember you talking about this, and it was fascinating to me that you're just telling them you're feeling sad. You're, That's right. You know, you're frustrated. And, and you know, what I remember what you told me at the time was that the person can say to you, um, no, I'm actually not feeling that. Or, exactly. wow, you're right. So exactly. we have choices, right? That's and right. It's, it's a, I know I th- I'm thinking I should try this with my daughter because we get stuck Absolutely. in these conversations. And Absolutely. It's because it's, uh, my kids don't really like to talk about feelings too much. So no, if you ask, they're going to go, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, they've been conditioned not to. So don't talk about it. Just tell them what they're feeling and then let it go and see what mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. So I'll, let me just tell you this quick story about relationships I mean, and why yeah. I say it's to be used with caution in, when you're not de-escalating somebody who's angry, but you're just being, in a, you're being social about this, especially for a woman. I teach graduate school. I teach at Pepperdine University and at the law school. And I invariably have young women in my class and in their mid-20s, and so I teach this on a, typically we'll teach this on a Friday, and on I send them on a homework assignment. Go out and use this at Starbucks. Do it with a Starbucks barista, and come back on Saturday morning and tell us what your experience is. So, in, And I also tell the women, I say, ladies, be very, very careful how you use this because you will create, there, there are unintended consequences <laughs> that will flow from this if you're not careful. So sure enough, Saturday morning shows up and one young woman shows up and raises her hand because I'm asking for stories and she says, well, I was at Starbucks this morning standing in line planning on using this technique with the barista and a guy behind me um, had a folder full of papers and he dropped them and they fell all, all over the floor and so I kneeled down and helped him scoop it up and I looked at him and said, wow, you must be really embarrassed and and." sort of anxious and frustrated you caused all these papers and he said yeah just like i said just she was telling me just like you said he would and then i couldn't get rid of him he started hitting (laughs) on me (laughs) and i started laughing and i said i told you you've got to be careful because when you you can create this deep empathic connection in less than 45 seconds and men will fall in love with you because they've never been validated this way before they will love you now, I'll just I say, <laughs> uh, the other thing that I want to share, I mean, that's kind of humorous, but and if you try this, you'll see for yourself that it's very powerful. I've been married to my wife for 10 years. We have never had an argument. We don't argue. Mm-hmm. We use these skills. One of us gets mm-hmm. frustrated or angry or upset or something. The other one tells us what we're feeling. It calms us down immediately, and then it, there's never an argument. Never fight. Mm. Not even part right. of our vocabulary. So it's something that you use to create relationship, and then it's something you use to maintain relationship. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very powerful. very powerful. Yeah. So what's step number two? Well, step number one is ignore the words. Step mm-hmm. number two is guess at what the emotions are. What are they feeling? Step number three is reflect back what they're feeling. Tell them what they're feeling. You're angry. That's it. Really simple. You do that mm-hmm. until... <laughs> Four things happen. These are all unconscious responses. You get a nod of the head. You get some kind of verbal response like exactly or "Uh uh-huh or that's right. You get a dropping of the shoulders, and you get a sigh, a really uh, an exhale of some kind. That's when you Uh know you've touched them at a very deep empathic level. And then you're done. You've done your job. 
It's that simple. Pretty easy. <laughs> Very easy. Easy to say, not so hard to do because, as you mentioned a few moments ago, a lot of people have been trained in other kinds of active listening that are all wrong. They're total myths. They're not based on science, and they don't work. If they worked, everybody would use them. They don't work. That's why people don't use them. Uh-huh. So, And it doesn't matter which modality it is, but if you're using an I statement for, to listening to somebody else, what I hear you saying is X doesn't work. It will only escalate mm-hmm. people. That only pisses people off. We know that. If you mirror them, yeah. repeat back word for word what they said, pisses them off. If you ask a question, yep. oh, are you angry, pisses people off. None of that stuff yeah. works, and yet we persist in this is why I say they're myths. We persist in doing this stuff even though it doesn't work. The only mm-hmm. thing that has been scientifically proven to work is when you tell people what they feel using a very direct short use statement. And if anybody's got science out there to show that says anything different, I'd love to read it. Because I haven't oh. I've done a lot of research in this area and I have seen no science that says that any anything other than this deep reflective listening is effective at empathic connection. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because most people are are struggling to connect, and there's a lot of disconnect that happens in dates. I can tell you that. Absolutely. And, oh yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so like you take this person who's talking and talking, and a lot of times they're just talking at you, and they're they're not actually saying. So what you know? So what if they're saying stuff and it's not? There's no emotion really. Um, there will be there will be emotion. What do you do with that? There, you, just, you, just, you just have to listen for it. The other thing you can do if people are are going, a guy is going on and on and on and on and talking about himself, maybe maybe a little too self-absorbed, which is which is an indicator uh-huh. right there that maybe this isn't the right guy. But let's just say he's a little self-absorbed. So you what we do is you can use another form of re- reflection called core core messaging. And core messaging mm-hmm. and, and labeling emotions are what we call affect labeling together is very powerful. So core message is basically what is he trying to say? What is he really trying to say here? What is his real meaning? Not the words that he's saying, but what's the meaning that he's trying to communicate? And you and you listen for that core message, and then you deliver the core message back. You reflect it back. You tell him what his core message is in, in 10 or 12 or 15 words. And typically, people will... People will, when you core message them correctly, say, yeah, that's exactly right. God, it took me half an hour, and you summarized it <laughs> in two seconds. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, people really, really like that because uh, what you will find is extroverts in particular do all of their thinking out loud. They'll go on and on and on and on, and they're really processing their information verbally. Introverts process their information internally and, and then only come out <clears throat> and make a statement when they've pro- done all their processing internally. Fifty percent mm-hmm. of us are extroverts. Fifty percent are introverts. You're dating a guy who's an extrovert. He talks a lot. He's just processing. <laughs> you can help him process by going to the core of what he's trying to say, reflect it back to him, along with the emotional content. What is he feeling right now? So, You'll be a brilliant so can conversation. Can you give us an example people, of just so people can understand it better? Sure. <laughs> Start talking to me like some guy you've met who is just sort of talking and processing, and I'll I'll show you exactly how it's done. It'll take about 30 seconds. Can oh. you do that? Just role play with um, me for a second. Sure. Let me think. Um, uh, you got, Talk about a football game. Talk about the, last weekend's football game. Football game. I mean, okay. guys talk about football, right? Stupid stuff. Uh yeah, okay. I mean, I'm thinking about how people talk about their exes on dates. That's always a Oh, fun there you thing. go. Perfect. Um, Perfect. 
Um, and this is one of the, the biggest issues that people have. So, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so, so so the woman might ask the man, um, so tell me about your past relationships, which is a really terrible question to ask. That was a mistake. And, that was a mistake uh, right there, but there's some good stuff right, in there. Exactly. So now you play the and guy, and I'll play the woman, and, and I'll, I'll show you how you might handle it. I play the guy. Great. Okay. Or I so can play the guy. You can, question, you, if you want to try to try to label me, I mean, I'm happy to do that too. <laughs> um, well, I'll be the guy. I'll I'll start talking okay. about my ex. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, boy, my ex, she wiped me out financially. You know, it's just really sucked, and I, you know, you're really, my, my you're really frustrated is, and unhappy. Yeah, you're really frustrated and unhappy. Your wealth got wiped out by your ex, and man, you're really unhappy about that. Yeah, I am. Yeah, she's a bitch. Yeah, she is really, you feel like you've been completely unsupported and um, you've been betrayed and it's really made you anxious and sad and you have a lot of grief around it because you've trusted somebody who betrayed you and it's just really tough for you. You're right. Will you marry me? (laughs) (laughs) You see how easy it is? Yeah, but so then what you, happens? You've just kind of you've empathized with this guy who's kind of a jerk. I mean, he's he's bad mouthing his ex. So Right. You know, he's got unfinished business, but now you've empathized with him and you've made a connection. So what do you do with and that? And so and so by <laughs> validating his feelings, one, he's helping process him through all this stuff. First time he's ever been validated. So you may or may not decide to carry on the relationship. But once you validated him, a lot of this stuff just goes away. He'll never talk about it again. He doesn't need to. Hmm. And maybe. Uh, well, oftentimes you're right. Maybe, maybe if he if he persists on it, he's obviously not the guy you want to be involved with. But 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 a lot of times people talk, say the same things over and over again. It's called blocking because their emotions on this whatever the topic is are not being validated. And once you validate them, the blocking goes away and it just disappears. Happens a lot. Mm-hmm. So what do you go? Yeah, where do you so go actually, next? So you say that. So you have. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, I. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I said, well, so then the next question would be: You just asked a, a bad question. So, well, what would, what would a successful relationship look like to you? Mm-hmm. Right. How do you? So you're and then you get into that conversation. The conversation. And then you start talking about mm-hmm. that. And I said, so, so you'd be really excited about you know a relationship where there was love and appreciation and respect and dignity. And I mean, you can just. Label, label the emotions, reflect mm-hmm. back the feelings. And you never have to comment yeah. on the substance of what's being said. You only comment on the emotional experience and you reflect it back. Yeah, now, a here's really a really cool thing that redirect. happens. With, yeah. Pardon me now? That's a great way to redirect the conversation so you're not going right. to be mired in the muck um, because right. that's not very beneficial. Yeah. That's right. And here's the thing that's really cool. When you do that as a listener, a couple of things are happening to you that are really powerful. One, you are completely protected from whatever garbage is coming out of the other person's mouth. Because when you're focusing on their emotions, you don't have any room to be triggered by any of their words. That's why we ignore the words, number one rule. Number two, when you are listening to somebody at this level, you become egoless. You become Trend, you become you go into a transcendent state. It's really a spiritual practice in many ways, and you become an egoless, so that your ego is no longer involved in the conversation. You're just there listening with compassion, and it happens automatically. You don't have to work at it; it just happens. 
as long as you focus on the emotions. And the third thing that happens is you're reprogramming your brain. Every time you do this, you reprogram your brain to become more emotionally aware and more emotionally sensitive and compassionate with yourself so that you can de-escalate yourself when you get upset. And you don't have to have be uh, you don't have to be um, controlled by these wild emotions that go on. You can literally label your own emotions and calm yourself down in seconds. Mm. Three powerful tools that happen to you when you serve somebody else by listening to them in a deep empathic way. Mm, I love that. Um, so you know, often I will have clients who get into problem solving mode. This is where we yes. go instead of empathizing, um, right? It's me, like that's right. Yeah, so you let me need give you the to. Great, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So first of all, first of all, in my job as a professional mediator, two step process: de-escalate, then problem solve. Net, you cannot solve an emotional problem with logic or persuasion. Mm-hmm. You can't. So don't even try. Calm them down first before you even get into problem solving. If you problem solve first, what you're doing is is uh, a, a, something called emotional invalidation. You're invalidating their emotions, and that just makes things worse. Mm-hmm. So, our, and the reason that we go into problem solving is because when we're around somebody who's emotional, it creates anxiety in us. And the only way we can deal with our own anxiety, soothe it, is by telling people what to do. Go away. I don't want to hear about your emotions. Go away. Just do this. Fix this. I don't want to be around you when you're like this. That's what we're really saying. Mm-hmm. So the better way to soothe our emotions is to pay attention to their emotions and tell them what they're feeling. And we will feel totally at peace inside ourselves and we'll have no anxiety around what they're doing and won't feel the need to fix things or to problem solve. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is listen to the emotions and tell the other person what they're feeling. Yeah, it sounds so simple. So so the other thing, <clears throat> just to little, be a little devil's advocate here, is sure. uh, something that I have found is that people have a very limited emotional vocabulary. They yes. they don't Huge. right, so they don't even know what they're feeling. Um, I went through That's this right. yesterday. I was speaking to a client, and um, a man had shown up 20 minutes late for their first date. And I said, "What were you feeling?" And she said, "I was really disappointed that um, I came early to be on time and he didn't." So I said, "Well, what were you feeling?" And she couldn't. She really couldn't label right. that she was right. angry, and that she was, you know, annoyed, frustrated, disappointed, betrayed, mm-hmm. sad, abandoned. Right. So, yep. so rather than, I mean, you could ask, "What were you feeling?" Mm-hmm. I would actually, I would actually ask a question like, "Well, so what happened?" And then I would start affect labeling as soon as she tar- starts telling the story. I would say, okay, so you, you were really disappointed, really frustrated, a little angry. You felt betrayed. You felt let down. You felt abandoned. And you felt a lot of sadness because nobody shows up for you. Mm-hmm. And that would have done it. And that's the feeling she yeah. was probably experiencing. And she would have said, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that would touch her deeply. And so the Very point deeply. is, though, how how do they – okay, so she'll hear me say that. She may not be able to say for herself what she's feeling, but I can I can help her with that by saying it to her. Correct. And so when let you're in just, a relationship let, and – yeah, go oh, ahead. Go ahead and ask the question. Then I want to – well, I was just going to say, what you are – remember what we're doing here. When people are emotional, 
Their prefrontal cortex is offline. They can't think. Uh What we are literally doing when we're telling other people what they're feeling is we're lending them our prefrontal cortex so they can process their emotional experience in the moment. Uh-huh. That's why it's so important that we tell them what they're feeling because they can't tell what they're feeling themselves. They don't have that. They don't. They just can't do it. Right. So that's I hear that, and that's very true. And when she's on the date and he showed up 20 minutes late and she was waiting for him, what can she do in that moment? Because she was just tolerating it and being kind of trying to be the good girl and be quiet and just right. you know, smile. Um, is there something you would recommend saying because this isn't about reading his emotions this is about her own expression of of her own emotions so it's always contextual of course but there are different things that she can do if this is a first date situation i mean the first thing she's going to want to find out is what caused the problem and maybe she can let it slide once and give him the benefit of the doubt. If this is a recurring problem, then and she wants to invest in the relationship, then the problem has to be there has to be some problem solving. And so at an appropriate time she should say she should invite a conversation around what you know, what is you know, if if, if a, a time is set for us to be somewhere, what does that mean to you and what is important to you? And just invite mm-hmm. him to talk about the importance or non-importance of setting priorities around the relationship. And he mm-hmm. and no one's ever asked him this question before. He doesn't think about it. And so and so probably it's never been a priority. And so you can have a conversation around that. And she you she would affect label him, label back his emotions, what he's experiencing, and then say and then at that point in time when he's when he's nodded the head and you've got him. You've touched him. Then you say, "Would you would you be willing to hear my thoughts on this, and what I think is important?" And just ask mm-hmm. if if he's willing to listen to what you think about this. Don't don't dump it on mm-hmm. him. Ask first, and if he says, "Oh yeah, I'd really be interested," so, well, to me, respect in a relationship is more is most important. All relationships are based on respect, and showing respect, demonstrating respect, is doing what you say you're going to do. It's integrity. So if if we agree that we're going to meet at 6 o'clock, I'm going to be there at 5.55 because I want you to know that I have integrity, that I'm going to do what I'm going to say I'm going to do. And I want to feel like you're respecting me and you have integrity with respect to who we are, and I'd like you to do the same for me. And if you can't, that's okay. I, I just need to know that. Uh-huh. And there you go. Totally non-confrontational. Yeah. Totally no big no drama. It's just explaining what your needs are, asking for your needs, asking whether or not he can meet your needs, and if he can, he can, and if he can't, he can't. And then you can make your own decision. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> it's that simple. Yeah, I, I I agree with you and it was, took me a lifetime to learn this. And when I started to just know what I could and couldn't be with and be able to express yeah. that that's right. um, it wasn't blaming. It's just saying this isn't going to work for me. That's fine if That's you're right. not okay with this, but I'm I'm going to have right. to walk away. Here are my I needs. I need well. to have my need. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Here are my needs. I need yeah. I need respect. I want a respectful relationship. I'm going to do what I can to respect our relationship. I I want your commitment, if you're willing, to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And your commitment isn't your words; it's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So true. It's all about your actions, not your words. 
Yeah, it's okay if you, you can't said do that. From the I totally beginning. get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I totally Tuning get that. Into... If it's not important, yeah, if it's not important, yeah. then it's not important. I get that. Totally cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all this. This is just so important and so right to the point. And I really hope that so many people listen to this and and start to practice <laughs> this method of communication and connection and compassion and uh, listening. I mean, this just calls upon us to, to really reach that higher spiritual level. So thank you, Doug, for, for all you're of this. Welcome. And, uh, I just I love being on your show. I think you're, you do such cool stuff. <laughs> I love your work. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I, I feel the same about you. So, <laughs> um, you know, the communication to me has become just one of the biggest parts of my practice as a coach because I find that you know there there are so many people therapists who will say um, you know wow I really hear you and they mm. don't give them any tools to do things differently and I, I know this, right. this morning my one of my clients was dealing with a very anxious daughter who's who's looks to her mother for support and uses her as a sounding board but but it becomes a crutch and so right. we were discussing ways to to stop that relationship, to make it different, you know, to really change up how she relates to her daughter. And, you know, we were talking about how ineffective so many so many counselors and therapists and coaches are because they're not giving these tools. And we need we need to have a new tools in our toolbox. It's just That's right. Really, really important just to say, you know, I hear you is not enough. That's right. It's it's totally not enough. Whenever you use an I word it's all about you. Yeah. And you're self soothing. Yeah, and, and it's never about the exactly. speaker. That's why when you when you're listening it always has to be a you statement. You are. Yeah. You and have, the same you thing with what we were talking about. Sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say you, 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 you always you have to be reflecting from the speaker's point of reference. And the only way to do that is to use a you statement. Yeah. So the, the last thing I want to say, and then I want you to tell people how to get your book, um, mm-hmm. is that we were talking about the the worry. Um, this was what the whole discussion was about. I'm so worried about you. I'm worried about him. I'm worried about you. And worry is really about mm-hmm. yourself. Um, it has nothing That's to do right. with the other person. And I, I remember this epiphany I had. It was my mother said, you know, I lost sleep last night worrying about you. And I was like, oh, so... Now it's my responsibility to worry about you because you lost sleep. Like, huh? Huh? Um, yeah. This is not about me. Um, right. Anyway, so let's talk about how people can get your new book. So I have the opportunity because of something very fortuitous that I can offer my book for free. If people are willing to pay the shipping charge, I, I fulfill through Amazon. The Amazon price is $11. The shipping and taxes is around 7 bucks. So if you're willing to pay shipping and handling and taxes, which is 7 bucks, I will buy the book for you and send it to you through Amazon. And the way that you can get that offer is to go to dougnoel.com, my website, D-O-U-G-N-O-L-L.com. There's a banner there on the homepage, free book plus shipping offer. Click on the banner. It'll take you to the order page. Fill out the order, um, and the book will be on its way to you. And you'll also have an opportunity. I'm offering <coughs> after if, once you buy the book, you get an offer for my online video course. If you want to buy that, you don't have to, of course. But if you want to learn the really deep skills, the video course is there for you to, to get if you want to do that. Um, so I'm trying to offer these tools out to as many people as possible, and I will, people will, 
get the book. Of course, you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Thousand Books or any 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 good bookstore will have this book. It's it's a mainstream publisher, Simon and Schuster, Atria, Beyond Words. So it's out there. Um, but I'm offering it at a. I'm able to offer it because I want this book into everybody's hands because it will radically it. change lives. Thank you. That's such a generous You're offer. Welcome. So I will have the links in the show notes and um, when I post this to my blog. And everybody can order your book and have the option to go deeper with your course. So thank you. Thank you, Doug. Yep. And I, I love emails. I love stories. So if people want to email me, Doug at DougNoll.com, I love to hear the stories. I collect stories. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Storytelling is where it's at. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, thank you again. And, thanks, uh, Andy. And keep doing that beautiful work out in the world. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in today. And I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 